Have you ever, when you make decisions about things that you're going to do or make decisions for others, have you ever made the statement, I've got to look myself in the mirror in the morning when you're making those decisions? You know, many times as I make decisions for other people, I want it to be right for them, right for all. I want it to be right. And I want to be able to get up and I want to be able to, when I'm shaving, look myself in the mirror and know that I did, did it right. So a little, for a little time this morning, we're going to uh, speak about reflections in the mirror. You know, when dealing with young people, I often have asked them when they're having problems. Uh-oh. Down. Is that better? I'll let Zane get me fixed up. Is that better right there? I think. I'm just not talking loud, probably. Okay. When dealing with young people, when they're having problems, I'd often ask, what do you see in yourself when you look in the mirror? I'd ask them that a lot. And they, I'd always started out, I don't know, what do you mean? I see me. <laughs> I said, no, what do you see? And they, a lot of times they couldn't tell me, and I said, well, here's what I see in you. I see a strong young man, beautiful young lady, with all these great qualities. That's what I see in you. And oftentimes what I would see in them, they didn't see. But we had to bring it out in them, and we had to tell them. And sometimes we have to do that with people. But also when we look at ourselves, one of the things when we're looking in the mirror, we have to be honest with ourselves. And when I do that sometimes, that hurts. That cuts pretty deep. Because we have to be honest about how we're serving God. We have to be honest how we're living life. We have to be honest how we're treating people. The love we show, the compassion we show, we have to be honest with ourselves. That's very important. You know, we have to examine ourselves and reflect on our lives here in the moment when we take, partake of the Lord's Supper. It's a reflection. It's a remembrance of Jesus' sacrifice for us, but it's also we reflect. The time of reflection. So I believe reflection is very important. When I put together the lesson, it started one way and went another. I don't know if y'all have ever done that. But part of the thing, do you see a person that constantly worries when you look in the mirror? Worried about everything that's going to happen. You know, we, we've had some stuff today. We changed service because there's worry in a world, isn't there? There's worry. And do you, when you look in there, do you see a person that constantly worries? We read, have I not commanded thee, be strong and, good, and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever, whithersoever thou goest. God's with us. We also, we need to accept God's peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, the truth is the world, the devil, they want us to be afraid. They want us to be afraid. They don't want us here worshiping God. They don't want us serving God. They want us to be afraid. And we need to understand that and have accept God's peace and rely on God's love. There's a Gallup poll in America on worries in 2019, and there were several, but I listed that these were 47% and above of what they strongly were worried about. Income and wealth distribution, size and power of the federal governments, the social security system, hunger and homelessness, environment, crime and violence, the economy, and availability and affordability of health care. Spiritual things, just they weren't there when I was studying this about what we worry about. They weren't there in America. They weren't there. Now, this wasn't a religious study necessarily. It was just about what they worry about, but it wasn't there. 
We need to be worried about things, not of this earth, but above heavenly things. We also, a lot of these things, the things they have in common, we can't control a lot of them, can we? <laughs> we can't control them. And I think that might be why we're worried sometimes, uh, that we can't control them. We need to, I'm not, I don't want you to take this that we don't need to plan for retirement. We don't need to plan for a way to provide for our family. But we don't need to dwell and, and, dwell and let that become who we are. Uh, we need to accept God's, God's peace that he's willing to give us. We read, love cast out fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made of perfect love. We need to fill our hearts with love, not fear. Fear will torment us and cause us not to feel the love that God has for each of us. You know, the song Tim McGraw had about, I think came out, I don't know when, about live like you were dying. The lyrics, every time I hear that song, they talk to me. It talks to me. It makes me reflect. Because <laughs> he got a, a bad diagnosis, and, and he, I think the lyrics, he went skydiving, mountain climbing, rode a bull for two seconds. Fear was gone. Trusted in God. And that's what we need. And they love deeper. Love can cast out that fear. Every time I hear that song, it causes me to reflect on how I'm living my life and, and how I need to be living my life. When you look in the mirror, do you see a loving person? A new, com a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. We have been given commandments to love one another, and the world will be able to see our love that we show for others. They can tell that we are servants of Jesus. If we show love to one another, we can be a light in the dark world. When I was looking at this, a mother's love strong. A little boy in Louisiana jumped in the pond, going to go swimming. He took off, and she's watching. And in the distance, the alligator's swimming toward him as he's swimming out. And she yells, and about that time, the boy sees it. She turns around and starts swimming back toward the bank to his mother. And right when he gets to the bank, the alligator grabs the legs. But the mom grabs the arms. The alligator's pulling, the mom's not letting go. She's just digging in and holding on. The boy, the story, the boy survived, went to the, at the time in the hospital, the reporters were talking to him and looking at the cuts and the alligators, where the alligator had bit him. And he was proud of it. He said, but look at this. He rolled up his sleeves and the mother had dug in and flesh was ripped from his, flesh marks was ripped from his, on his arms. He said, but my mother loved me and she wouldn't let me go. A mother's love is strong. But I also want you know, God's love is powerful. God's love is powerful. That mother loved her son, but God loves each and one of us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in the Lord in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love is powerful and pure. We need to be vigilant and let, never let anything come between uh, us and God. We're constantly bombarded with things that can cause us separation, and we need to be a faithful servant. And remember, God's love for us is powerful. I described the mother's love, but God's love is more powerful than that mother's love for us.
And we need to understand that. We need to have the love for others. Oh no, oh no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. We need to love our neighbors. We need to love our enemies. We need to love friends. We need to love everyone. And then that way, if we, we're showing love toward them, we will not transgress against them. I found this interesting. The survey on love was kind of hard. So definition of love to children. You know, children, they say something, that they're, they're honest. <laughs> and a lot of their thoughts, they, they, the world hadn't got to them yet. There's a few remarks. Love is what makes you smile when you're tired, Terry, age four. So when you are tired and beat down and somebody shows you some love, would you, does it make you smile? Can you help someone when they're down and build them up? Uh, Rebecca, age eight, said, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and plant, paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. Helping others. Even when it's hard for us, helping others. Help suffer with others to help make their day better. If you want to learn, this is a good one. I think Nikia, or Nika, I, I can't pronounce that, age six, a six-year-old kid. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend that you hate. <laughs> love thy enemies. That's, that's pure. That's honest. Start with somebody you dislike. You want to learn how to love better. And then Jessica, age eight, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot because people forget. That hits me pretty hard. I don't say it much. <laughs> but you do need to say it a lot because we are forgetting we all need to hear because they can put a smile on someone's face. It can make their pains less. It can make them feel better. And we need to understand that. We also read in uh, 5 8, Christ died for all, but God commandeth love toward us and that that we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ did not come to save the righteous, but save the people from their sins. God's command... God gives his love to us, and Christ died, not for friends, but enemies. The fact, that we, the fact is that we're all sinners and need Christ's blood to reach our heavenly goal. When you look in the mirror, do you see a forgiving person? This is pretty tough, too, for me. Do you see a forgiving person? And when you stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. We need to be able to pray for one another. We need to be able to forgive others. We need to be able to pray for forgiveness. We need to pray that we haven't trespassed against someone and pray that they forgive us. We need to be a forgiving people because the truth is that we, we're, we make several mistakes and nobody's perfect. There's only been one perfect walk to earth. And we make several mistakes. So we need to understand that when we're dealing with people and each other and be a forgiving person. The American poll on forgiveness, 76% said that they'd given an had given unconditional forgiveness. 55% said they had received it. But around one in four practicing Christians, 23% has a person in their life who they just can't forgive. I don't think that's what we read. We're to forgive one another. And this study was with, uh, done with Christians, and 600 of the were pastors of Protestant churches. And one in four, about, can't forgive someone. And we're, we're told, commanded, we need to forgive one another as he forgives, will forgive us. We need to pray for enemies. 
But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Our enemies are conquered with love and prayer. Prayer shows we have care for them. You know, it's been good working where I grew up. Wouldn't change it, and I don't want anybody to think anything, but there's some challenges to it. You know, I've got friends that have kids through school, and as I've had kids come through school, I understand I might not agree with everything that happens to my kids at school. And I had a friend that we, I took home nearly every day after school. We played softball with him. His, sure enough, we had, had something that came between us with a kid. And I remember the last thing I said in my office, I shook his hand and said, well, I know you're mad at me, and you're not probably going to say the same thing, but I still consider you a friend. He walked out, and I'd see him in the stores, see him places, and I'd try to make him speak to Shona, but wouldn't even look at me. And man, that burned me. So I didn't really mean, mean what I said, did I? I'll consider you a friend, but it burned me. I didn't go say anything about him before too long. I could probably be there and him back in the back room, and I could feel it, and I know he could too. <laughs> the, the elephant in the room was big. And it was just getting larger by the moment. And I didn't only live in my problem, I kept, I'd tell Shona, well, I just can't believe. So she started feeling some of the same ways that I felt. So I led her in the wrong way, too. Finally, I got the courage and went and talked to him. I'd see him, I'd, well, I didn't go talk yet. I got a little ahead of myself. I'd see him and I'd speak. I made it a point, I'm going to speak. I'm going to talk. Wouldn't even look at me, just walked by. Next time, I spoke. And I made it a challenge I was going to make it. And we finally got to the point where we could shake hands. You know, it just got a little better, a little better, a little better. Now we have conversations again. But the truth is, if you've had an enemy, friend that becomes an enemy, anything, we have to pray for them. We have to seek them out. We have to try to make it right and show love to them. And because love can conquer the enemies also. We're commanded to forgive. Let all bitter, bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, giving, forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Everything a Christian speaks or everything we speak needs to be able to be used to build up those that hear the words. We do not need to say things that demoralize or tear down others. We're to stay away from evil speaking and be kind to one another. When we look in the mirror, we need to see a person with faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. We must, we must believe in God and obey his word, and when we follow his will, we show the world that we condemn the actions of the world, and we're serving the Father. Faith can help us overcome the world, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. All who have been baptized or born again Christians have new life, overcoming the world because we do not obey the world anymore, what the world tells us anymore. Our faith grows strength, and the world loses its power over us when we follow, follow God's word. We see a person following Jesus' example. We need to see that. Put on therefore as elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, 
kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgive, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing the grace in your hearts to the Lord. As Christians, we need a heart of compassion and following Jesus' example that he has given to us. Christian, all the Christian graces are held together by love, and if we are filled with love, then it will show in the actions that we take in the world. I'm going to close telling, summarize. When I was teaching science, I hope there's some scientists in there that doesn't show my ignorance. Maybe I don't even say something wrong. <laughs> but this is what I told kids. We were talking about pressure, and they never could understand why the pressure is greater in here. And I always explained it. You know, there's a top here. There's a roof. And the farther you go down from that roof, the more particles are on top of you causing pressure. And then when you go underwater, you even have more particles on top of you there, so the pressure gets greater as you go down under the water. And we could seem to get that, and you could feel the weight. You know, what we talked about, the worry, the worries in our life, have you ever felt the, the weight that it causes? When you have anxiety, when you're worried about something, and you can't get it off your mind, you're just dwelling? That weight gets heavy. I was pretty, luckily I was pretty old before I began to feel that weight, but I felt it before. That weight's heavy. And then something else happens, that's more weight, more pressure. Something else happens, more weight, more pressure. You know, and, and before too long, you don't want to get up and do anything because you have all that weight on your shoulders. You know, and that's how, what worries can do to us. Add that weight to where eventually we don't want to go out and serve God. We want to do what he commanded. We just want to sit there and worry about that. But if somebody comes along when you're in that state and somebody comes along and shows you love, does it put a smile on your, a little bit of a smile on your face? Take some of that weight off. It does. When somebody does something kind to you, it takes that weight off. When you pray to God and search for strength, it takes some of that weight off, that relationship. The relationships you have with other Christians, you talk to them, it can take some of that weight off. The world's going to be full of trials and worry. We need to rely on God's word and each other and the love that we have for one another to make us, to help get us through. To keep our head up, to keep that weight off, to keep you serving God, to keep you here doing his will. Now I'm going to tell you something else. How does it feel now when I have a conversation with a person that I, the elephant was so big in the room we couldn't both fit? It helps you. If you have that in your life, forgive. Try to make it work. Put a Christian effort out there to go talk to them. Try to mend that. Because when you do, more weight's off. Because that adds weight also. Holding a grudge adds weight. Let God give you peace and accept his peace. Trust in God. Love one another and forgive one another.
Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.